nobody can determine the impact of my mountain on me. And I often tell myself all the time, because you will believe that. Yeah, what do I have to worry about? Because I have all these things. Well, I might not have the same worries you have, but when it, when it comes to your soul and your spirit, that's a huge mountain <laughs> and a weight. It's a heavy weight you're carrying around all the time when you're like, people see this and they don't see what's inside and how much I'm struggling. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Does it ever feel like you're searching for something in life beyond what your everyday existence is bringing? Maybe you're a parent who's devoted to your family, but you wonder if there's something else you're missing. Maybe you're in the second half of your life and wondering if there's more beyond the days of our youth. Perhaps you're just lonely and wondering why you haven't been able to connect with others who share your outlook on life. We all want the assurance that we're doing it right, the peace that comes from knowing where you're going. Our guests this week share that there is an answer to finding that missing peace, and his name is Jesus. Sonia Curry raised three amazing children who became successful in sports and in life, but she still kept thinking something was missing and found what she was looking for in a closer relationship to God. Sheila Walsh is a spiritual leader to many, yet she battled depression at the height of her success and realized she needed God's love through other people to help her find herself again. Let's start with Sonia's story. Hi, I'm Sonia Curry, and I am a retired head of school, entrepreneur, and now author, as well as a mom of three and grandmother of six. Growing up, I am the oldest of three. I have two sisters and a younger brother and grew up in a modest environment in the trailer park. And, you know, to some it would seem as if we were poor, but we never felt like we were poor. It did take all of our family to come together and support us at, at certain times, but mostly raised by my mom, a single mom. And then my grandmother spent a lot of time with my grandmother growing up and loved sports. That was kind of my outlet, was participating in sport when I was growing up. And, you know, I always had the aspiration to be an educator, to be a teacher. And so I would play school with the local kids in our trailer park and from everything from ditto sheets to recess and snack and everything in my little bedroom. So just always saw myself as a teacher and educator. Knowing that God had a plan for me and having people speak that into my life because coming from the trailer park, coming from Radford, Virginia, I'm the first college graduate in my immediate family. So there was no expectation for me to even attend college. So even just how I got to Virginia Tech, getting a scholarship, Pale Grants, all those things, graduating, meeting Dell, and then, you know, being his support during our time together through the MBA of 16 years to starting my own school. How that all happened was just the hand of God. Like I know that without a shadow of a doubt that, you know, he has a plan for me in the arena of education, in the arena of nurturing other people. And so by lining that all up for me, gave me my occupation 
I have three children. There's Seth, Stefan, and Sadell. Stefan is an NBA player that everyone's very familiar with. Seth is an NBA player uh, now with the Brooklyn Nets, and Stefan is with the Warriors. And actually, Sadell is married to Damian Lee, who also plays with the Warriors, so gets to be teammates with his brother-in-law. And Sadell is an Instagrammer influencer. Her platform is more focused on mental health. You know, Stefan just being the oldest, Seth always being the middle child trying to outdo his brother. And Sadell comes along and I thought, okay, here's my little girl who's gonna dance and do ballet. And no, she turned out to be just as competitive as all of us, <laughs> if, if not more so than that. And, you know, constantly in the house, whether it's, you know, basketball, pickup games in the backyard, or whether it's just board games. We are, we are all about it. Very extremely competitive, as you would kind of imagine with lots of siblings, and especially with Stefan and Seth both being the oldest of my children, and only two and a half years apart. So that within itself kind of bred competition between them. Outside of being, you know, publicly known for their athletic accomplishments or Sadell, her social media accomplishments, you know, Stefan's the typical first child, A-type personality. He's perfect as they, you know, his siblings will describe him. He never does anything wrong. He's a rule follower and a pleaser. He just wants everybody around him to be happy. And then you come with Seth, and Seth is the true second child, middle child, who wants to just forge his own path. He doesn't want to follow in his brother's footsteps. He wants to do things just totally different. But he's also my quiet, introspective child. And then Sadell is my social butterfly, my youngest child. But she is kind of a compilation of the two of them together. For example, with Stefan, she's a go-getter. She's very competitive, busy. But then like Seth, she doesn't talk a lot. But when she does too, she just speaks right at it. You never have to guess with her what she's thinking. So she's not shy with her opinions either. Raising my children, really, there was a time in my life where I was in the world. I mean, I was in clubs, I was doing those kinds of things, and it was impacting my marriage, it was impacting just my focus on my home. I was searching for life, life that had substance, because lots of things were going on around me. I mean, I, the games were going on, I wanted for nothing. We had a great life through Dell's profession with the MBA and his occupation. So I wanted for nothing materialistically. I just wasn't fulfilled in Sonia. And so I was searching for some of that fulfillment in the world. And I just remember one day going to church and the pastor delivered his sermon. And then he said, if you're tired of doing the same thing over and over again, and you want something new, the altar's open. Jesus is waiting for you. And you know, it's one of those church experiences where you're like, uh, he's staring right at me, even though he wasn't. And it's like, how did he know? And did somebody call him and tell him, Sonia's coming and she, you know, this is what you need to do. And 
basically Jesus was calling and telling him she needs to be at the altar. So I got up, walked to the front, and that was the moment. That was the moment where it was like, God, I really want a personal relationship with you. I don't know what that looks like. I've heard what it should be, but I'm just gonna surrender to you and get up and walk and see what happens. But the other stuff wasn't working, so we gotta do something different. So it was just really as simple as that. I had my school, which God had laid heavily on my heart that he needed to be a part of that. So I added the spiritual development into the curriculum at our school and changed the name and became a Christian Montessori school, teaching the Bible and and leading by biblical principles. And so that all happened all at the same time when I went from just being religious and going to church to really having a personal relationship with God. And it just, it saved my family, it saved me, and uh, got me more focused on living out the potential that God had placed in me to get to the purpose that he had for my life. And if it had not been for Central Church of God, my church home community, several of my close friends who were believers, who were my accountability partners, to just speak into me constantly and pray with me constantly, I know I would not be sitting here doing what I'm doing right now. I guess I just came to a personal relationship with God and got saved and started this journey, the impact that it began to have at home, not only was I speaking it, but I was living it. I was walking the talk. And so, yes, I was already raising my children, taking them to church, because that's how I was raised. But then they started seeing the transformation in me. They started seeing me praying more. We started doing morning devotions before school. Every morning during the school year, to get up at 6.30, we'd read through a chapter of the Bible and just read it. I wanted to train them in how to put God first. You can fit God into your schedule is what I wanted them to see. And then the other thing was to, you know, I, I didn't drink for about 12 years. I just stopped drinking alcohol and they didn't see me doing that. They didn't see me going out and saying, okay, tonight I'm going out with my girlfriends and they knew going to a club or whatever, they saw me doing that. So they began to see the spirit's transformation in me in action versus just words. And so instead of do as I say, they got to just see it. And then I didn't have to say it. I didn't really have to say much because they just started seeing it. And then they saw the joy that I had in me and the focus that I had in being content where I was. God had really put in my spirit years ago the idea of a book. I have had tons of people stop me along the way, and especially once Stefan kind of began his journey of, of success and winning the championships and People, how do you do it? How did you raise such great children? And oh, they're just so wonderful. And and then I was like, mm, I'm just parented. So I didn't really understand that compliment at the time. And so I felt like this and how God's hand was always in every decision that was made regarding them. 
And so I felt now was the time that two years ago when I started uh, this endeavor, that it was time for the world to hear the story and then to just encourage parents, encourage parents, guardians, whoever is responsible for rearing children to do it, do it with intention and to dare to parent because there's so much pressure from the world to conform. And you gotta come every day. You gotta wake up every day and know that God gave you that child, that human being on loan. <laughs> but it's our responsibility and we're gonna make mistakes. We need to laugh. We need to learn from our mistakes. We need to not take ourselves too seriously but we need to be intentional and purposeful because we are the gatekeepers to their souls. They were placed on this earth for a purpose, for God's purpose, and only God knows exactly where that's gonna be. But we just need to make sure we are protecting that and not allowing anyone to just come take it from them or for them to give it away. And that takes form in so many different ways from just praying over them to, again, rearing them in the church or small group, the way we live. And we just need to encourage each other. My role as a grandmother is different. I'm not on the front lines of things anymore, like with my children. So when I do visit them, I am constantly just, again, trying to walk the walk. So I want them to see me. So I will pray with them. If something happens, I'll stop and say, well, let's just pray about it. So I try to bring Jesus into their homes and then, which is peace. To me, Jesus is just peace. And I try to always be peaceful in their, in their spaces and share scripture with them when I can, because it's me. And I don't know any other way to do it. And I love it. So I love them and I love God and I just try to find ways to bring it. I don't know why I'm getting emotional about that. To just bring them both together. There's no rule book for how to be a parent. And sometimes we don't have the best examples from our parents and you know, so we're just, just fly by night, just, just doing this thing, right? Flying by the seat of our pants. And so we just need some encouragement. Life is hard enough. Doing my daily devotions and, and prayer time grounds me. It really helps me to set the standard for the day. It reminds me who I am, where I came from, and who I'm here for. And that is to serve God and to love others. And I mess up. I don't do it every single day, and it's not the same thing every day. I have a few devotionals that I use often, but then some mornings it's just music. It's just praise music to just get the word in me and just create that habit of connecting with God. But also I've just developed a prayer life where I'm just walking and talking to God too. This devotion speaks to my soul because it sums up the totality of my life experience to this day. That I have tried so many things and ways to, one, 
find fulfillment within myself to then have that pour into my role as a mom. And some things worked, some things didn't, but the things that were built on the foundation of God never failed. And like lots of moms, we think we got to do everything and fix everything that as in this devotion, I had to stop trying so much and just start trusting God. And so with that, every day comes a new sense of peace that I don't have all the answers. And I'm no matter what I do, really, it's going to be up to the kids themselves as they become adults to make the decisions they need to make. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay. God's got me. He's got a plan for me. And I just have to stay focused on Him, rest in Him, in His arms, and keep my eyes on Him. And it's an everyday work of progress. Jesus Listens, October 4th. Invincible Lord Jesus, you are the foundation and focus of my life. I'm grateful that you're such a firm foundation, my rock that is not shaken by even the fiercest storms. I praise you, mighty Lord. Before I knew you as my Savior God, I had nothing to build my life upon. Every time I tried to create something meaningful, it would eventually collapse like a house of cards. Without you, everything was ultimately meaningless. But ever since you became my savior, I've been building on the solid rock of your presence. Some of the things I've worked on have flourished and others have not. But I always have a firm place to stand, the foundation you provided for me. I've found that the key to steadiness in my life is to set you continually before me. When I make you my focus, I can walk more steadily along my life path. I can see you beckoning me on step by step by step all the way to heaven. In your majestic name, amen. To learn more about Sonia Curry, follow her on Instagram at sacurry22. And be sure to find her new book, Fierce Love, at your favorite retailer. Stay tuned to Sheila Walsh's story after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. 
Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. Our next guest is Sheila Walsh, an author, Bible teacher, and television host. She graced the airwaves on television and CCM radio for years with her gorgeous voice. Eventually, painful childhood experiences caught up with her, and Sheila grappled with deep depression. She found her way through that time and shared her experiences through books and speaking in an effort to give others hope when they struggle. It's no wonder when the pandemic arrived and asked us to rethink how we do our lives, that Sheila would have insight into how we can stay connected to each other and God. She wrote, Is God Still Awake? so that families can remember together that God never leaves us. My name is Sheila Walsh, and even though I live in Dallas, Texas, you'll probably gather by my accent that I didn't start there. I was born in the west coast of Scotland, went to seminary in London, and then came over to America as a contemporary Christian artist. But for five years, I co-hosted the 700 Club with with Pat Robertson on the Christian Broadcasting Network. And now I co-host a program called Life Today with James and Betty Robeson, which I absolutely love. I'm married and we've been married for 27 years to my husband, Barry, and we have one darling, brilliant, amazing son called Christian, who's 25 and he's in grad school studying clinical psychology. I asked my mom when I was about nine or 10 years old. We'd been to an event in Scotland by one of Scotland's only gospel groups. They were called the Heralds. And I remember the evangelist, Ian Leach, that night said, God has no grandchildren. He only has sons and daughters. And that was striking to me that God wanted a personal relationship with me. And a lot of people went forward that night and and I, I didn't, I couldn't move. I was really stunned by this thought. And so I went home and I tried to go to bed, but I couldn't sleep. So I came back downstairs and I asked my mom that very question. I said, mom, is, is God still awake? And she said, what, what do you mean? And I said, well, I don't know what hours he keeps, but I would like to give my life to Jesus. And I don't know if I have to wait till Sunday. And my mom assured me that, no, God was open 24-7. Really at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, I had been hospitalized some years ago for severe clinical depression, but I've been doing, you know, really well. I'm very faithful to take my medication. I, I exercise not as much as I should, but I do some exercise and I try and eat well. But when the pandemic began, after a few weeks, I found myself really spiraling again. And, and I was alarmed by that. I was al- alarmed by the, the weight of heaviness I would feel when I woke up in the morning and the kind of despair that I hadn't felt in a long, long time. And I remember one night just jumping onto my Facebook page, which is Sheila Walsh Connects, and just basically asking the question, you know, how are you, how are you all doing? And I was overwhelmed that night by the number of responses, very honest responses I got from people saying, I'm not doing well. I feel I'm, I'm lonely. Um, life feels out of control. I'm afraid. You know, I feel like I've messed up. And out of that, out of that community of us all being very honest with one another, it's really interesting. I mean, we, we were not designed to do life alone. If you think about the number of one another statements in the Bible, 
pray for one another, love one another, bear one another's burdens. Because I think that when we isolate, and that was one of the great temptations of the pandemic, that we just kind of, sometimes by necessity, we isolated, but then sometimes by choice, we just got used to um, being kind of alone. And I have um, three, what I call my safe sisters, and we know each other's stuff, we pray for one another. And during the pandemic, the worst of it where we couldn't get together, we would jump on these Zoom calls. They were regularly scheduled. But sometimes when I was having, like if I was having a bad day, if I felt really low and depressed and I didn't want to engage, I would just kind of text and say, hey guys, I'm, I'm just going to skip out on this one. And they would be like, no, you are not. You sit down. I don't care if you're in your pajamas and your hair looks like you climbed through a fence. You know, get on this call. And it was so good for me because there were times I didn't want to do it, but I always left feeling better because we need one another. And shame breeds in silence. It's one of the greatest tools of the enemy. And God's antidote to shame is grace. One of the things that I've had to make a shift on is that I got into the habit, I, I don't know why, but I just got into the habit. I would get up in the morning, I'd take our dogs outside, I'd put on the coffee and I'd flip on the news just to kind of catch the headlines. And I found that it was just really weighing on me. So I've completely changed my daily practice. I still let the dogs out and make coffee, but I'll go outside with my Bible and a journal and a pencil. And rather than viewing the Word of God through what I just heard on the news, I reverse everything now so that whatever I watch at some point to catch on the headlines, I view them through what I've just read in the Word of God. And that has made a world of difference for me. It sounds like a very basic thing, but I don't want the first noise in my life to be what's happening outside of our walls and what you know, what reporters are saying and all of that stuff, because I, I just have come to realize we live in such a noisy world. And I do love every Sunday night, I'll jump onto my Facebook page and do a Facebook Live. And at the moment, I'm doing um, a Bible study on holding on when you want to let go. But I mean, it's just been so awesome to be able to, last week, we had 30,000 women joined me on Facebook Live. And they, they watched it at different times, I guess, because some were from South Africa or from Australia or from the United Kingdom. But what I loved the most was it wasn't like, I mean, I was the one sharing the teaching, but but then we were praying for one another. And, and I loved that. I loved watching women praying for one another and saying, hey, you know, I've been through that too. Here's what the Lord used to help me. So I, I I'm enjoying this sense of, you know, I think sometimes in years be past in Christianity, you would have the people on the platform or you would have the people who write the books. And I have this greater sense of us walking together home, that it's not about any particular gift within the body of Christ, but that we are praying for one another and encouraging one another. And, and I love that. I think the Psalms were given by God to the people of God so that they could pray them communally back to God. Sometimes we feel as if we have to be careful 
when we come to God? And that was one of the things I wanted to include in the children's book. If you're having the worst day in your life or the best day in your life, God doesn't love you less or more because of your behavior. He loves you because of the finished work of Christ. And some of the Psalms, even if you look at Psalm 88, which is kind of right bang in the middle, a lot of Psalms begin with, you know, why are you downcast on my soul? But then they resolve into, I will again, praise the Lord. But that one Psalm does not resolve. And I think it's God's way of saying, I understand there are some days, some weeks, some moments in life where all you can do is cry out, but process your pain in the presence of your Father. Don't isolate from God when you're hurting. Bring everything that's true about you to Him, just as Christ did. I love the book. I, I love Jesus Listens. But this one happens on June the 11th, and it's called Jesus, My Constant Companion. I want to walk joyously with you through today, holding your hand in trusting dependence. With you beside me, I can savor the pleasures and endure the difficulties this day will bring. Help me to appreciate everything you've prepared for me. Beautiful scenery, bracing winds of adventure, sheltered nooks for resting when I'm weary, and much more. I'm thankful that you're not only my constant companion, but also my guide. You know every step of the journey ahead of me, all the way to heaven. I don't have to choose between staying close to you and staying on course, since you are the way. Being close to you is being on course. As I fix my thoughts on you, I trust you to guide me moment by moment along today's journey. Help me not to worry about what I'll encounter on the road ahead. And please keep reminding me that you are always by my side. This sets me free to focus on enjoying your presence and staying in step with you. In your joyful name, amen. The greatest joy in my life is this constant companionship with Christ, of walking into every single moment of every single day with Him. Whether it's been over the last few months sitting by a friend who is saying goodbye to her husband, or whether it's my son getting into the, the university that he had prayed that he'd be able to get into, all the moments. The, the, the moments where I'm worried, how will we pay this bill and what will we do in this situation? And the moments of simply watching the sunset and being reminded that, that even as I lay my head in the pillow, that God is not asleep, He's watching over us. And that's, I think, what I would pray for every single one who listens, that you would enjoy the glorious presence of walking beside Him every moment of every day and one day we'll open our eyes and we'll discover we've made it all the way home. You can find Sheila Walsh's new book for children, Is God Still Awake?, wherever books are sold. If you'd like to hear more stories about finding peace from God, check out our interview with Michael Gillen. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we hear from John Gordon, the author of best-selling leadership books and inspiring keynote speaker for Fortune 500 companies, sports teams, and nonprofits. 
John had a unique faith journey in finding his relationship with Christ, but now he uses his unconventional approach to build better leaders and organizations by translating Jesus' leadership style into modern business language. God always calls you to your best self. He calls you towards your future. He calls you who he made you to be. You see where you are. God sees where you're going. Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Jesus Calling Book, on Facebook, and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.